Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hey, For The Girl fam, welcome back for another episode. We are in the middle of our dating series. This has been so much fun. We love spilling all the tea and giving you some of our best advice in your singleness and dating. Today, we're talking about waiting well, what we can do in this what often is a really dreaded season of life and how we can make it really fun and really engaging and where we can see God show up in the midst of it. So I think everything will change for your waiting Mm -hmm. at the end of this episode. And especially if you dive into the dating Devo, it's going to be good. Yes. To start it off, per usual, we're giving you our best dating advice. This is our little segment called Mac and Ken's Help You make a move. You submitted your dating situationships and we're here to give you some advice. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We have a sweet message today that I'm going to read and then Ken's and I will share our thoughts. So she said, hi, Mac and Ken's. Love y'all. Aw. Love you too. (laughs) She said, I would just love some advice on dating in general. I'm 29, have barely dated, have never been in a relationship, and I'm nervous at this point that I'm just not attractive. And then she has like the sweat, sweaty emoji. But seriously, the apps have not been successful for me. The guys at the churches in my area are either in relationships or very lukewarm. How do I put myself out there more? Uh, I loved this message is sweet and I, I can relate in some ways. Well, first of all, I looked at her profile and she is beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. So I'm here to say that is not true at all, that that is not it. And I think, well, I want to start with a couple of things. I think the lies, maybe you're believing, and then I want to get to your question about putting yourself out there more. But I think sometimes when we haven't dated, because I was very similar, I was in my late twenties and had really never had a boyfriend. Like I had had a couple like two or three month long relationships, but I kind of got to that point where I was like, okay, is something wrong with me? Because it feels like relationships and dating are so easy for other people. They like are in a relationship one day and then in another one the next day. And looking back on my journey, I'm really grateful and really thankful that I didn't have a ton of heartbreak and that I didn't have a ton of you know, quote unquote baggage of past relationships. And Mm. I think that in a lot of ways, like that was just my unique story. And that was just kind of the journey that God took me on. And I was always kind of focused on other things. And it was really in a lot of ways, I feel like God's protection. And uh, when I did meet my husband, that was something that he loved about me. And it wasn't something that he was like, oh, that's weird. You've never dated people. Like he loved that about mm-hmm. me. And so I think that that can actually be a gift and something really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then and I then, would say, oh yeah. So. Speaking to the lie, I think it's just really real in those seasons of just insecurity. Like when we feel insecure, which is normal, it's, it's okay to feel like insecure, but we 
But the thing is, is that when we are so vulnerable like that, we're so vulnerable to like even just we start to listen to the voice of the enemy over the voice of God in our lives. And we start to see and walk life out with like this insecure, negative, like woe is me or or whatever it is mindset. And then we just slowly like one thought creeps in and then like another Mm -hmm. thought creeps in. And slowly but surely we do start to believe these lies that are that are lies. Like it doesn't come yeah. from the voice of God. You know, we've, we've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but the voice of God d- wouldn't say something like what, what is kind of yeah. mentioned here, like yeah. that you're not yeah. attractive. Like that's not the voice of God. That yeah. is like yeah. the voice of the enemy in something that you yeah. picked up of the world around you. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. the voice of God speaks truth. It speaks truth. It's positive. It's good. It makes you feel good. It's loving. It's kind. It's patient. It's all the things we know God to be. The voice of the enemy is going to say something like this. Negative. Put you down. Make you insecure. So you got to know the difference and know who you're listening to. And I love it. I love that God loves the way that he made you. He delights in the way that he made you. And you will know it's the right relationship for you when that guy loves the way that God made you and delights Mm -hmm. in the way that God made you. And so I think singleness is such an important time to gain confidence in who you are. And so with putting yourself out there more, I think one of the best things you can do to put yourself out there is to simply be confident in who you are. I think that guys are typically drawn to confident girls, girls who know who they are and girls who aren't afraid to put themselves out there. I Ken and I talk about this a lot, but sometimes you got to help these guys out. Sometimes mm-hmm. they might just be intimidated by you and <laughs> they think to themselves, that beautiful girl would never like me, would never be interested in me. And so sometimes I think you help them out by showing them you're interested. You don't necessarily have to make the first move, but you can show them you're interested by talking to them, yeah. striking up a conversation, responding to something on their social media. Like, I don't know. They're just little ways to kind of show a guy, hey, I'm interested. And those are little things that if they take the bait, then you know, bait. I love it's not necessarily bait, but it's like, uh, you know, (laughs) if they take the hit, then they'll make a move and make the first move. And if not, then, you know, you don't have to waste your time. And I think that just carrying confidence in everything you do is like my best dating advice always, because I think it's in the moments where you're just authentically, confidently being yourself. Those are often the moments where like, lo and behold, you meet somebody and they're just drawn to and attracted to your authentic, real, confident self. Yeah, totally, totally. I would say, too, to add, it's like a confidence that's also, like, approachable, you know, because, like, you're saying you got to, like, have some, like, approachability to you so that the guy could be like, oh, my gosh, okay, wait, I kind of, like, want to talk to her. It's easy to, like, chat with her. I want to – I'm going to, like, spark a conversation. So, you know – I would say, like, yeah. also just try to be personable, kind, you know, don't let the fact that it's just like a boy stand in the way from you sparking a quick conversation or complimenting or whatever, you know, what do they yeah. say? Drop the hanky, give them a little hint. That's what, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's like I always found that guys always liked me when I didn't like them. And I think part of it was because I wasn't. 
I wasn't in my head about it. You know, I was just like, (laughs) I was just like being my normal self because I wasn't interested. And then they were drawn to that. And so I think sometimes we get in our heads, like if we are around a guy that we are interested in, we like shy back and think that they're just going to magically know that we're interested. But I think sometimes just, yeah, like you said, it's not an intimidating confidence. It's an approachable confidence where you're just like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Oh my goodness. Hey, oh, are you guys going to this after? Oh, we're going to like, we should all hang out together or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we often will obviously shrink back if we like them or we like try too hard too, right? We're like, yeah, you know, true. like maybe in this situation too for her, she's like, oh, I feel like I just maybe am not like pretty enough or whatever. We already address that. That's a lie. But maybe for you, you know, you've been showing up and you're looking like a, like you're going to prom at, at young life. Bible study. Bible study. And the guy is just like, I'm, I don't know what to do with this. So I don't know. Maybe also you can like just, I think guys know too when you're trying too hard, whether maybe it doesn't have to do with the way you're dressing or whatever, but just like when you're like, yeah, making comments or whatever. So just being approachable and confident and yeah. Okay. Wow. Love it. Yeah. Mac is a little bit intimidating, I think, in her single years, though. I think I was. I think I was for a lot of years. Yeah. And I hated the idea of rejection, so I just would, like, never let a guy know that I liked him. So you would just, like, what? If there's a guy you liked, what would you do? You just wouldn't even come close to, like – I would act like he didn't exist. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, never really worked out for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the funny thing is with my husband, I technically did make the first move. Yeah. Like, I'm the one who got his number because I wasn't interested. Yeah. And then he, I think he thought he liked that I was being confident, but I really wasn't <laughs> interested. And so it's just funny how when you're, you know. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. And I honestly was, I think I was like, well, I think I just didn't probably like change. I don't know. I, this sounds weird, but I just like wasn't afraid to talk to boys. So, you know, I was like ch- chatting it up with every everybody yes. and never yes. felt that way. And okay, this is good to know the dating quiz. Like if you are a flirt like Ken, okay, like, yeah. this is just not an issue. But if you are maybe a cautious or an independent, this might be. Oh, this is good for you because this yes. girl, too. Oh, I almost yeah. said her name. We're going to keep it on the deal, obviously. She might be a little independent like you, or she might be a little yep. bit more cautious or yep. or whatever. Yeah. And so yeah. you got to know the dating personalities and maybe learn from a friend or a different personality, just as I should learn from another personality too, yeah. you know? Yes. Yes. And I think that it's just, it's good to put yourself out there sometimes. And I think in today's world, we think the only way to put ourselves out there is through dating apps. And that is one way to put yourself out there. But I think also, again, it's just carrying confidence in who you are and everything you do. And yeah, because like you can totally do the dating apps for, for that. But then also on an everyday basis, like we go so many different places and meet new yes. people all the time. So I just wonder what you might be missing out on if you like yes. tried to yes. like, yeah. In this season, right before I met Tyler, I went on so many dates and I partly think it was because I was intentionally putting myself out there. I had just moved to a new city and I would just, I was really looking for friendships more than anything or like groups of people to hang out with. And I would just confidently put myself out there. And then 
lo and behold, like people would ask me and I, I, I would think it was friends and then I'd be like, (laughs) I'd be like, Oh wait, you're, this is a date. Oh, okay, cool. And I think that, I think that it, it was never like a strategy, a strategic thing. It was just putting myself out there being myself. And I think that this girl, I can't wait to hear her do more of that. Oh my gosh, it's going to be good. And if you don't know your dating personality already, take the quiz. Link in show notes. Show notes. Right here. Take the quiz because it talks about your tendencies and that is good to be aware of because you've got to overcome some of those things. Okay, well, we're going to get into this episode. It's going to be a really good one and we'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, it's AJ, your coach, and helping you start a delight chapter on your college campus. Picture this, in just a few months, you could be standing in a room with 100 girls who were needing Christ-centered friendships. You could gather together for worship, dive into scripture, spread the gospel on your campus, and ultimately impact the lives of so many college girls. So, If this sounds like something you're interested in, click the link in the show notes and we'll hop on a call and dream it up. After that, you'll join our six-week leadership training course and we'll build your team to get your chapter up and running. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you grow as a leader and see God move in even bigger ways through your time in college. Let's get back to the episode. All right, so today we are digging in to the topic of how to wait well. How do you learn what it looks like to be so present in a season that maybe you were wishing was over already by now? And I think this obviously applies to if you are currently single and maybe just really expectant and excited about meeting someone and getting a relationship and being married someday. I think it's going to apply to you. I think also it can apply to you if you're already in a relationship and maybe you find yourself just wishful for the next season, maybe for engagement or marriage. I know for me, when I was dating, like I couldn't wait to be engaged. And then when I was engaged, I couldn't wait to be married <laughs> and all of the things. And so I think the truth is that no matter what your waiting season looks like, they can be extremely difficult. They can be so, so, so hard. I was single for most of my 20s and there was just so many moments, so many moments when I remember going home to my apartment at night and just feeling so lonely, so overlooked, this feeling of like, God, do you even see me? Do you even care? Because I have this deep desire in my life to have a partnership with somebody else and to be in relationship with somebody else and to to be a wife and to be a mom. And it just felt like I was just spinning my wheels and nothing was ever happening. And I think that the truth is when you're in these long, long waiting seasons, often a lot of lies can come in and a lot of insecurities can come in and it can just make what can already sometimes be a tough season even tougher. And so We know how hard it is to wait often because we have been there and have been in these long, long, long waiting seasons too. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And and, in lots of different areas of life too. And I think the hard thing about waiting is just ambiguous, right? You're like, okay, like how long is this going to be? 
And, you know, waiting often goes hand in hand with extra time or extra space or extra energy or extra love to give. And you're like, well, what do I do with this right now? Like these days, you know, what do I do with it for the weeks and the years and the months to come? And yeah, it can be ambiguous and confusing. And so that's really what we want to spend this episode talking about. And what you also read about in the book is like actual, like, okay, what can we do at this time? tangibly, what can we do? And then also how do we, how do we change our mindset and actually learn to love, not just wait it out, but learn to love the waiting and see fruit and promises in the waiting. And yeah, I'm excited for it. And I think what we really want you guys to know about this season of waiting is, uh, because there's been, like we said, so many seasons where we hated our seasons of waiting and we just like twiddled our thumbs and waited for what was next and it it made it feel longer and more miserable and I think looking back I can see how how much I was missing how much I was missing that was right there in front of me because Mm -hmm. I was so obsessed with what was next that I was missing what was right there in front of me and so we desperately don't want you to miss this season because you're so busy wishing for the next and Mm -hmm. Just want to remind you that like your life doesn't begin when you fall in love. Your purpose won't be uncovered the day you get engaged and your story isn't on pause until you get married. There is so much to be uncovered in the here and now. And that's not just a cheesy thing we're saying to like love your single life and like fall in love with it. But like (laughs) actually this season has so much fruit, so much goodness, so much richness and so much joy if you would stop obsessing over what's next and start learning to love what is right in your hands right now. And so that's what we want to talk about. How do we wait well? And more importantly, how do we wait with God? How can this be an active waiting with him where we are growing in deeper intimacy with him as we are bringing these desires to him and waiting on him to move and waiting with him to move. And so Yeah. If you have the Dating Devo study, you know that uh, for week three, it was all kind of centered around these three or four verses in Psalm 37. And so uh, everything kind of came from this passage of scripture. I'm going to read it for us now, and then we'll dig into it a little bit. So Psalm 37, starting in verse three, it says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So here we have this kind of psalm from David all about waiting and how can we wait well? How can we wait patiently for God. And so if you have the Dating Devo, we do a deep dive on this passage of scripture and we talk about how it relates to waiting seasons. Uh, And there's like seven of them, I believe. But there are just a couple of them that I wanted to pull out and talk about today in this podcast episode. If you love this, you got to get the study and dig in even deeper. (laughs) But a couple that I think are really, really important for waiting seasons that I wanted to highlight. And so the first one is comes from that first line that said, trust in the Lord and do good. And I want to kind of zero in on that little phrase, do good. How do we wait with God? We do good. And so 
the word good in the Hebrew, I love to kind of look up the meaning of these words and kind of understand the deeper meaning. So the word good in the Hebrew is the word tov, T-O-V. And this is the word that is used all throughout the creation story in Genesis. So, you know, when God created the different elements of the earth, light, land, sea, the sun, moon, stars, fish, animals, if you remember, he would call them all good. And the translation would have been tov, T-O-V. And we might think that that good simply means pleasant or pleasurable. We're like, oh yeah, you did a good job, <laughs> like good work. Uh, but there's actually a really cool deeper meaning implied in this verse that when we kind of study it in the rest of scripture, we, we learn and we uncover. And so God calls his handiwork tov or good when things are functional and able to carry out the design for which he created them for. And so, for example, the only thing in the creation story that God calls not good is the fact that Adam was alone. So if you went back in Genesis and you read this, you would say God calls the fact that Adam was alone not good. And so in essence, Adam, he wasn't functional or able to fulfill what he was created for without Eve because Adam was created to be in relationship with others, to multiply and to bring about new life. And Adam's aloneness prevented that from happening. So God calls it not good. And so I think that's really important to to understand that when we are not carrying out the function in which we were created for, then it is not good. But God is calling us in these seasons of waiting to do good. And so that means even in seasons of waiting, we are called to live into that which we were created for. And I think this goes a little bit back to our first week of the Dating Diva where we talked about knowing who we are. We talked about identity in Christ. And so doing good is so much more than simply, you know, following the rules and staying away from bad or sinful things. It's so much more than that. It's when we are called to go and to do. We are called to create, to bring forth life in other people and to multiply the things that God has entrusted us with. And so if we're in a waiting season, we can't simply wait around on empty, like waiting for life to happen to us. We have to go out and do, begin to do the things that God created us for. And I love this because we don't wait with God by like passively sitting and just being like, God, I see you. I love you. I trust you. We wait with God by actively doing. And I think in single seasons, I know this to be true because I did this so often. We just often just wait around and try not to get in trouble, try not to enter into sin. But Mm. what if God is actually calling you in this current season of life, no matter what that looks like, to live into who he made you to be, to go, to create, to do things in his names, and to not wait for a relationship or wait for marriage, to start Mm -hmm. living into what he uniquely designed you to do. And so I love this, that like when we wait with God, he calls us to, even in the waiting, begin to do what we were created to do. And so, Kent, I don't know for you, like when you think about before Josh into the picture, before you were in a relationship, when you were in your single season, what did this look like for you? And maybe even why are you so glad that you didn't wait for a relationship to start doing what you were created for? Yeah, for sure. No, I think this is like a really normal thing. You know, I think there's a lot of us that are like, oh, but all I really just feel like this calling to be a mom and to like, 
to be a wife. Like that's what I want to do with my life. And that's so good and so amazing and can be true, but that doesn't mean you can't do things now. Cause we're not even talking about necessarily like big career shifts or like starting some new big ambitious streamer company or something like that. We're not even talking about those types of things. This could be even as small as like hosting something at your house or leading a small group or getting more involved at your church or it could be, yeah, serving your community in certain ways. Or, I mean, there's a number of things. It could be investing, mentoring into one person. It could be, it could be signing up for intramurals and like doing something fun that brings you joy or I don't know what it is for you. But yeah, I know for, for me, if you guys read the Dating Diva, you'll learn there wasn't many years of my life that I was like single. For me, it was more so just like dating, just casually dating a lot. And I think the same thing goes is true in even dating. I think we see this all the time, right? Like you meet a guy that you of your dreams, you go on a couple dates that turns into a couple months of dates. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's been like a whole half a year since you've pretty much invested in anything but this one person, you know? And I know that, I know you guys know this, but maybe some of you need to hear it again. If you give up everything to be with somebody, you're going to have nothing when that person's gone, you know? And mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're talking about dating. And in my seasons of dating, I was, I was casually kind of dating and I wasn't married. And so no matter how amazing your relationship might be, your future with them until you're married isn't guaranteed. And so Mm. I'm just so glad that I spent my dating years and then a little bit of single months (laughs) pursuing other things outside of like my college boyfriend or sitting around. And, you know, in college is when me and Max started Delight, which you guys know about by now. It's a college women's ministry that has gotten to grow and all throughout college. That's what we were doing and spending our time. And I had a full plate pursuing this like God-sized dream. And it also not only built like kind of a career for me and for us, but it also gave me like amazing community and friendships that I wouldn't have found without it. Yeah. And so, yeah, you guys know my story now when my relationship was on the brink of a breakup, it was truly like delight that gave me the strength to let this guy go because I knew I could like fall back on something when days were really hard and I had something to fill my time or to pursue or to get excited about and people that were like there to pick me back up again. And so I just think it's so, so important. Yeah. And your singleness and even just like in newly dating somebody, you've got to continue to like the scripture says, do good, pursue the things on your heart, pursue these God dreams, pursue the things of the Lord in your life, big or small, because it's going to help you Mm. so much and it's going to produce so much fruit all around you. Yeah, and you were you were saying at the beginning, like there are a lot of people who like their greatest desire in life and is to maybe be married or be a mom or be a wife or whatever. And I was I actually was at coffee with a girl the other day and she was telling me this and she was like, It's just so hard in my singleness because I feel like I can't do these things. I can't have people over and host them and have dinner parties and take care of babies. And I was like, Yes, you can. 
And she was like, what? I can't? And I was yeah. like, you absolutely can. You don't have to have a child of your own to be a mom, to m- have a mothering spirit for other people in your world and in your life. And you don't have to wait until you have the cute home to host people, like host people at the <laughs> park, you know? You don't have to wait for the picture perfect Pinterest life to like start to live into the things that God has called you to. And I think that's one of the enemy's best tricks and lies for us is he keeps us from stepping into these things that God actually designed us for because we think it has to look a certain way where God said, no, you didn't have to have the the confinement of a marriage and two kids to be able to live into the destiny that I created for you. You can do that in every season. And I love that that identity, identity isn't about what you do. Identity is about who you are. And so you can be that person no matter what you're doing. It, yeah. You know, identity informs what you do always, but it, what you do never informs who you are. And so yeah. just because you're not maybe a mom in this season, it doesn't mean that you can't still have this mothering heart and this mothering spirit towards other people. And so, yeah, just don't let the enemy win in, in making you think that you have to wait to enter into these dreams and these destinies for your life until you get what the the Pinterest version of that looks like. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's so important and such an important thing to remember and to live into in this season. We wait well when we don't wait to do what we were created to do. And then the next one that we kind of wanted to pull out and really dive into is the line right after trust in the Lord and do good. It says, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And, and that might sound a little bit weird to us. <laughs> We're like, enjoy safe pasture. Mm-hmm. Are we farmers? Whatever. David was a shepherd. So like he's using his language. But I think here, David, the psalmist, the writer is challenging us in this season to plant deep roots and invest deeply in the places that God has us. And I think it's so easy to see yourself in seasons of waiting as like a restless traveler who is simply passing through this season and we often do the opposite of planting roots in waiting seasons like we intentionally have really shallow roots so that we're able to pick up and go at a moment's notice to like our next adventure our next opportunity but the problem with this never-ending kind of sense of wanderlust or focusing on what's next is that We're so fixated on what's out there that, like we said earlier, we miss out on what God has for us right here. And so I love that David tells us to dwell in the land, dwell in the land. In other words, like move in, you know, unpack Mm -hmm. your bags. We talked about unpacking your baggage from your past, but what does it also look like to like unpack your, your roots and plant them deep in this season and invest in the place that God currently has you? I think like we have to stop seeing this season as that gross rest stop on the way to wherever you're going. You know, those gross rest stops, Ken's, where you're like, ooh, get me out of here in like the next two mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to Disney World. We have to stop seeing it as that and instead start seeing these seasons as beautiful destinations that we get to discover and enjoy with God. They're so important. And so I think what Mm -hmm. that means is like, look around at the people that God has placed in your life already. 
Are you loving them fully? Are you enjoying them? Are you learning from them? Are you dwelling with them? Look around at the the opportunities that God has given you at this moment. Be grateful for them, invest in them, grow through them and step into them with God. I believe that we just, we grow so much when we learn to not just be someone who passes through, but when we learn to dwell deeply and joyfully in the places that God intentionally places us. And so mm-hmm. I think for me in my seasons of life, like I just was like waiting for the next season to begin. And because of that, like I just missed out on some of the richness that God had for me in those seasons. You know, mm-hmm. even now that I'm married, friendships change when you're married. It's harder. It's harder to pursue friendships like you could when you were single. It's harder to pursue opportunities like you could when you were single. And and there's a part of me that almost at times wishes I could go back and like grow even deeper roots, invest even deeper in those relationships and friendships. And uh, mm-hmm. I just think it's not even because there's a scarcity of like your time. I think it's actually because there's such there's such a gift in those relationships and in those opportunities if we would start to see them as the gift that they are. Yeah. And I think I look back on my friendships in my 20s, like when I was single, and the way that those friendships developed and grew was unbelievably beautiful. Like you you grow in friendships with people, like mm-hmm. they become like your family. They're your support system in that time of life. And now that I'm married, And a little bit later in life, like my friendships just honestly have to look a little bit different. And I'm really grateful for how God set up my friendships in my 20s and in my waiting season so that I have these rich friendships Mm -hmm. in now my 30s that were kind of developed in my waiting season. And then, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's so important to plant deep roots in whatever season God has you. Yeah, I 100% agree. When I read the dwell deeply and to enjoy these safe (laughs) pastures, it does. I think I, when I place myself in the shoes of being single and dating and before marriage, I feel like that did probably bring about a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, wait, should I, I don't know if I want to like stay here. I don't know if I can meet someone here. I don't know if mm-hmm. like this is going to set my future love story up for success. And there was so much like worry attached from that. I, I think it's funny, not funny, funny is the wrong word, but I think it's crazy how often we make decisions for our future based off of like, trying, hoping like that's where we could meet somebody or that mm-hmm. might be like the time or the place for it. And yeah, there is. I know for us, like there was a lot of sacrifice when it came to, when it came to this. That like I, I know when we first started delight, like we made the decision to stay in Nashville and to kind of hunker down and build roots and friendships and this new kind of career or whatever for ourselves. And I remember thinking, oh man, I'm not gonna meet my California surfer boy here, like my future <laughs> husband that I wanted. Yeah. If I was making a decision based off of that, like honestly, I I would have moved back to California because I think there's probably a higher chance that I could find love there. But I was like, okay, no, I need to check myself and my decisions. How are my decisions shaping or are my decisions aligning with what God has for me in this season Mm -hmm. and not what could be or how I could meet somebody. And, you know, there's probably a time and place for that of like setting yourself up to like meet somebody and when you're ready for that. But early on, as you're pursuing these God dreams, like we have to check 
ourselves too and be like, okay, am I making a decision based off of just like the hopes of like meeting somebody or being with somebody? Or am I making this decision because it's where I'm feeling led by God just because just for him and just to serve him Mm -hmm. and for the community that he might bring around me or whatever it might be. I know that both of us have seen as we've like discipled friends or girls, people like scarily make decisions about their life, just like to hope in hopes that they meet somebody wherever they're going or Mm. at this new job or whatever. And I'm like, no, girl, don't do that. Like make a decision based off of what the Lord has for you right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. And I think it's it's not even just about like your physical place of where you live. It's it's also just, I, again, I think it's about the communities you're in. I think about, yeah, the friends that I had, but then also the church that I was a part of. I was able to be yeah. so plugged into my church. I was able to, to volunteer, to serve, to babysit my pastor's kids. Like I was able to be so ingrained in that community because of the season of life I was in. And because yeah. of that, I was so deeply like spiritually discipled because I was constantly around people who were in different seasons than me. And I got to, I got to like see the other side. And honestly, it was because I was single because like I was so available and so, so free in that season. And, and I'm so unbelievably grateful for that. Again, like those are the things that I feel like God developed in me in those seasons when I was like, okay, I'm just going to plant deep roots at this church. And yeah, I go back to my church. There was no single guys. It was the worst opportunity. <laughs> People always say you're going to meet a guy at church. It wasn't happening at my church. But I was being so developed there spiritually. Yeah. And and it was so worth it. And I, I wouldn't trade that season for anything. And yeah. so... Yeah, I think that's a good reminder. Even if you feel like it's not <laughs> the right place for you in the dating pool, it might be the right place for you and just what God might want to be developing in you in that season. And so no, that's good. That's such a good example. That's what I was trying to say is like, I think like, we <laughs> often like, yeah, you're at a church that everybody is pretty much married. Yeah, I but was. it was going to develop you so so well and it was exactly where you needed to be still yeah and I think a lot of times though people would be like oh no I need to go to the other church I need to go to this church because there's so many single men yeah find themselves there and hopefully it works out but a lot of times it just doesn't because that wasn't where God wanted to yeah so and I got asked to do so many things I just got to be such a deep part of that community and it was it was really cool and really special so yeah dwell in the land enjoy the safe pasture of where God has you plant those deep roots in this season. So that was the second thing. And then the third thing we wanted to point out when you are trying to wait patiently with God or wait well is this part later on in the scripture where it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And I love, love, love this part of it because I don't know about you, but when I hear wait patiently, like I literally want to roll my eyes. (laughs) I remember (laughs) in my single seasons being like, wait patiently. Okay. People who say wait patiently are people who have been married 15 years and can't even remember what it's like to be single. And I am so annoyed at you telling me to wait patiently because you don't even remember what it looks like. And my mind just instantly thinks of the DMV, like a boring, monotonous and painfully slow wait. And I thought this was so interesting when I looked up the phrase wait patiently when translated from the Hebrew, I think this is cool. It actually means quite the opposite. It doesn't mean like a slow, boring, slow wait. It actually means to whirl, twist, twirl, 
and to dance or to even writhe in pain, such as in childbirth. And I think this is so important because when we wait with God, it's actually the opposite of boring and monotonous. The wait is actually alive and full of energy. It's this dance full of twists and turns that are producing and leading to something incredibly beautiful. But I love at the same time that this dance with God, it does not come without the promise of pain. Waiting with God can sometimes be extraordinarily painful and difficult, but it's in our waiting seasons that God can birth something really beautiful and purposeful in us. And this is just your reminder that just because your waiting season is hard and difficult doesn't mean that God isn't with you and in it. And, and beautifully working things together for your good. It's often in our most painful seasons where God is up to the most beautiful stories. And so I think I just was under the impression, like if I'm gonna have to wait, then it's gonna have to be easy and perfect and boring. But I think what God actually invites us into when we wait with him is this beautiful adventure. And this adventure will be full of like dances of joy and days of delight. And then it'll also be full of days when it's hard and it's difficult and and you can't understand why you're having to go through so much pain. But in the midst of the whole journey, God is with you. You're waiting patiently with him. He is with you and he is good and he is working things together for your good. And I love that when we wait with God, it's just our best option every time because there's just nobody better to trust with your story. There's nobody better to trust with your heart. And as I look back now, and I know it's hard because you are in the waiting season, so you can't look back and like tell yourself it's going to be okay. (laughs) But I, I wish I could go back to myself when I was, you know, 27, 28, even 26 and just say like, keep waiting because it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Like God is so, 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 so good. And his timing is so right. And so would you wait with joy? Would you submit to whatever God wants to grow in you in this season? Because it is going to lead you to some of the most beautiful places. And so I love just the reminder that our waiting seasons, they're not these boring, monotonous seasons. They're actually full of incredible joy, but they also don't come without the promise of pain and suffering. But even in the pain and suffering, God is moving and he is good. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think of even just the the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus talks about how close he is to those who who are poor in spirit or who are mourning or feel meek or are thirsty and hungry. He is so close to those people. And, you know, one thing I've learned about God recently is that he like, I think he, he trusts people that have been given a lot of like blessing. He trusts people with blessings and good things, but he even more trusts people that have gone through pain and who have waited like hard and been in long seasons because those people who have stayed near to him and close to him in the midst of pain, he knows that they're going to like walk with them for the rest of their life. Like he can like, he can trust them with big things because they endured trial and persecution and still honored him through the midst of it all. And like, I think of those of you who have been single now for like a long time and it's been hard. I just do believe that the Lord is like just building so much trust. And the two of you are building so much trust. Like, oh, that girl, she's she's walking with me even despite her pain and suffering and loneliness and hard days. Like, 
she sees me and she's still praising me and she's still looking at me and looking for me. Like, I can't wait to continue to like adventure with, with her and to like be close with her. And yeah, I just know that's true about the character of God. He like, he loves to bless people and trust people with blessing, but he even more so is like, dang, if you can walk through some of this suffering with me, I can't wait to to see what else I can do through your life. And so Mm. I'm just excited for even what's ahead for those of you who have, who this single season has been hard, because I think that there's such great blessing ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever waiting season you are in, if there's one thing we can do, it's just to encourage you, like, wait with God. Don't wait around on empty. Wait in the fullness of being in the arms of your father, growing in intimacy with him. And I love that when we wait with God, we we don't have to wait to do what we are created to do. We don't have to wait to plant deep roots. And we know that we get to embrace the joy and the suffering that comes in the waiting season. And so yeah. I just look back on waiting seasons in my life and they're the seasons that uh, created such intimacy with God. And the beautiful thing and the cool thing is that a marriage will not fulfill you the way that God can do it, the way that God can fill your heart. A future family will not fill your heart the way that God can fill your heart. And so you might as well in this season learn to let God be the thing that fills you up fills you up to the brim because then when you maybe do enter into these seasons that you've been waiting for, you won't use them for identity and you won't use them in these kind of unhealthy ways. You'll use them in these ways where you are so dependent upon the Lord. And these things are just vessels that you get to use to honor him, to serve him and to love him even deeper. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Wow. Okay. Well, I hope you learn to love this waiting, even when it's hard. And we're excited to continue to just give you direction and pour into you as you are single or dating or all these things. We have so many good episodes ahead. So stay tuned. And of course, if you haven't got the dating diva, those were just three of what? Six different little? Seven. Seven. Okay. So, so much more. So much more (laughs) encouragement for your waiting season. So, Yes. yes. So go get the dating Devo and then we'll catch you back here next week for another episode for the girl.